Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. everybody, welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP, and joining me, as always, co-host, the tenacious one, Mr. Dick Martin. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you, JP? Ah, we're fantastic, as always, in my multi-million dollar studio back here. Joining <laughs> us today, man, I've been excited for this one for a while. It's not very often oh, yeah. we get a guest the caliber of who we are about to speak with. He is a former, a former, a former U.S. Army <laughs> sergeant. He is a six-time UFC champion, three of those being a heavyweight champion. He's a movie star. He's a humanitarian. He, and most importantly, is a dad. Welcome to DadCast, Mr. <laughs> Randy Couture. How are you, sir? Good, buddy. How are you doing? Oh, we're great, man. We're very, very happy to have you along with us, man. Thank you. So, yeah, it. so excited, man. And also, thank you for your service, man. My my son's in the army, so he's like he was oh, super awesome. excited when I told him we get to interview you. Well, so at he's, least he's he stationed in, the, he in the right, you know, he picked the right branch. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not with the Marine Corps chewing on crayons and stuff. Oh, you're <laughs> you're telling me the Coast Guard's not worthy? Oh no, I I don't think anybody <laughs> takes the piss out of out of other services better than service members themselves exactly so we, right we have a lot of long long ending jokes uh between the services for sure so but, randy uh, that that's awesome well randy as uh you are aware but we will uh, go over this uh, podcast um it's it's we do our best to talk all things dad and everything that goes along that journey for you and for us and for nick and uh you know the road that has got us to where we are right now but occasionally and by occasionally, I mean every single episode we have done. It usually goes right off the rails. So, you know, we're going to do our best. <laughs> we're going to do our best to get through everything, Dad. But, uh, you know, if we do end up talking a little bit about you and recent events and things that's going on in your life, uh, don't be too terribly surprised. No worries. All no right. Worries. All right. So right off the bat, um, as a part of Rite of Passage of being on DadCast, uh, we must ask you the question to confirm, are you a dad? I am a dad. I have uh, three wonderful children. Um, my oldest two are, are from my first marriage. I got married at 19 years old, joined the army. That's what led me to the service was a way to support my, my brand new family. My daughter was actually born in Germany when I was stationed in Germany. Um, but uh, Ryan, my oldest, who people may or may not know from fighting, he fought for 12 years in Bellator. Um you know, was born, you know, when I was 18, going on 19 years old. And uh, 
uh, ultimately, uh, I mean, he, he's just been a great kid, an amazing kid, and definitely changed my life forever. I think changed my perception of the world. Uh, having a child, uh, what an amazing experience. And uh, a lot of that's due to him. He's a great kid and a great guy. It tends to do that, doesn't the whole perspective thing when there's this, this itty bitty new life that all of a sudden you're responsible for. I mean, okay, <laughs> everything else, not important. Let's, you know, from here on out, it's yeah. all about, you know, at least in my opinion, as it should be as a dad, you know, this is, you know, this is what it's about now. It's not about you. It's about that little life and everything going forward. Yeah. So how is that, man? That's how do you mom yeah. when you're, that's you're like, young and you have a, have a baby like Randy did. That's it's crazy. I was, I, you know, I was in survival mode. The only thing I knew for sure when I found out my girlfriend was pregnant, and we were having a baby was I wasn't going to be like my dad. My dad was never around, you know, never paid support. Never, never. I'm lucky if I saw him once a year, birthdays and Christmas, forget about it. Um, so I knew in my heart that I wasn't going to be that dad. And so we got married uh, that February and then Ryan was born that next August. I had already signed on the dotted line for the United States army Ryan was born in August and I left in October for, for basic training. August. And, um, I got to ask August. What, what, what is the day of his birth? 82. Yeah, but what day? He was born in August. 82. Was, uh, August 27th, 1982. 27th. Okay. My son's born August 8th. So I was like, Oh my gosh, maybe they share a birthday. Well, maybe I'll bring him in here a little bit later and you can, you can meet my little man, my little, my little 10 year old been talking all about, you know, awesome. we're going to be hanging out with, with Randy Couture and he's like, you know, he's 10. So he's not quite, he's like, who's that? And I had to show him and, uh, wait, six. Uh, it, oh, my lady's just correcting my, my son's birthday is actually August. I got the eight wrong in the August. darling. <laughs> His birthday's the sixth. <laughs> there. I just went on the record. Dad cast, you know, the greatest dad in the world forgot his son's birthday. Appreciate that. You know, uh, it happens to the best of us. JP. She had, she, and she had to call <laughs> me out good. right when we're, you know, actually doing the show. She couldn't wait till later, you know, appreciate that, honey. You want to come say hi to Randy? No, she's like, no, she hates the camera. <laughs> so that's uh, that. That's 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 pretty amazing. You know, Nick, he had uh, kids like you mentioned earlier, early, and then very late. Literally, yes, he's got a, a baby, baby eleven months ago, and he's going <laughs> I, I for did, two I more. Did. We share that similar track, actually. Uh, I, I was uh, married for eleven years to to. Ryan and Amy's mother. Um, and then we split up around the time I went to, to Oregon state and started coaching and, uh, ended up meeting, a, a gal that was also coaching there, Trisha. And, uh, later down the road in 96, uh, we ended up getting married. And then I was kind of, you know, I'd had two kids. I didn't really want to have any more kids, but she had never had any children and she wanted to have a child. So we ended up having, having a child. Um, unfortunately that, you know, that all the stress and all of that was kind of our undoing at the same time. But, uh, we have a wonderful son, Caden. He's a senior in high school this year, oh. 17 years old. He turned 18, honestly, uh, on the 25th of April. So, um, happy birthday, Caden. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, what a what a crappy senior year with all this other mm -hmm. stuff going on. But uh, you know, he he's taking it all in stride. He's a great kid. He's a very smart kid. He is going to Oregon State University next next fall. 
Nice. So um, excited about that. He's going to be a beaver. That's that's where I coached. That's where his mother played, and that's actually where I met his mother was at Oregon State. So that's got to make Very daddy cool. kind of proud, right? Yeah, I, I'm happy that he that he you know he made a choice to to stay in state and and go to his mom's alma mater and a place where you know I spent seven pretty important years in, in my journey coaching and where I got introduced to mixed martial arts and and left that coaching job to pursue fighting full time. So. Um, you know, which obviously I think is certainly going to have, or has had some impact on the quality of his life as, as he's grown up. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great kid. How is he playing any sports up there or, he, you know, he's been doing, he was doing karate and jujitsu forever. Okay. Started when he was six years old, uh, doing karate and then later found jujitsu. I think, uh, he really liked the jujitsu because he, you know, the only guys were hit that were his size were the gals. <laughs> so he, got, he got to wrestle and, and grapple with all the girls. So mm-hmm. I think that appealed to him a lot. Um, <laughs> he's uh, doing a lot of downhill mountain biking now. Oh. We live in Bend, Oregon, and, you know, Mount Bachelor's right there, yeah, and the yeah. trails and the outdoor stuff. And so him and his buddies have really gotten into snowboarding in the winter and doing this downhill mountain biking stuff in, in the summertime. So nice. Uh, that's what he's into. Do you find yourself uh, being an overprotective dad? I mean, balls out down a mountain on a mountain bike, no, you know, or is I, that, you know, just I send him, uh, <laughs> I do send him some of these videos of these guys uh, that, that do some of this single track stuff on these, right? you know, literally on the to these ridges. And I'm like, man, this stuff is insane. And there's literally no margin for error. And I send him some of that stuff. And you're like, Oh man, that, that is crazy. So it's, as long as I'm hearing that from him and he yeah. thinks that's crazy, <laughs> I think we're going to be all right. You know, he's, he's got a good head on his shoulders. How old was uh, your youngest when you started the journey into MMA? Give or take. Gosh, um, that was 1997 and he was born in 82. So he was, oh, so he's you know, already very much. He was teenager. in college. Yeah. Right. He was at, he went to college at Western Washington University. He was wrestling there when I started fighting. All right, so there um, was no that must have been pretty cool. I mean, I can only imagine him. All of a sudden, your dad's in and uh, UFC was starting to get a foothold. Then, obviously, it's not back from the Gracie era when it first started, but it was starting to really gain track. In fact, dare I say it, you you and your generation of fighters during that period of time were probably instrumental in what UFC is today, hands down. So that must've been pretty cool as. I think, uh, yeah, I think it was cool for him as, as a kid, you know, his, his buddies, all his buddies in college thought it was pretty cool. I would come up there on some weekends and, and, it, you know, obviously hang out with him, him and his buddies. I ended up wrestling a few of them in the grass more than, more than one occasion. Um, but, uh, Ultimately, you know, he started doing jujitsu and some kickboxing in college to, to lose that freshman 30 that he put on drinking all that beer. <laughs> and, uh, ultimately, yeah, and then, you know, he graduated degree in math and he was working for the bank for Wells Fargo, probably on a management track in the banking system. And I said, around the same time, I opened the gym here at, at Extreme Couture. And I needed a manager. I needed a, a solid manager I could trust and rely on because I was still traveling around fighting and doing all the stuff I'd been doing. And so I, I pilfered him away from the bank, brought him down to the gym to manage the gym. And he was there about four months. And he's like, dad, I, I really think I want to fight. I'm like, oh man. All right. 
So I'd hire a real gym manager and then he went about pursuing his fighting career. Obviously he just retired from fighting this last year and uh, they're expecting their first child in about three days now. So oh! grandchild number two. Grandpa grandchild number two. Tour. Now, do yeah. you, now do you know it's a boy or girl? Uh boy. And we had a, my daughter, Amy had a, a baby girl uh, back in June. She went into labor on my birthday. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, this baby's going to be born on my birthday. That would be amazing. Of course, Evie had other plans. She waited till the 23rd to come out. So <laughs> yep. My granddaughter was born on the 23rd. And now my grandson, Rhett, a, a baby boy, is going to be born on the 5th of May. Now, see, that that, wow. that is amazing. Now, not to discredit or put any, any importance away from a granddaughter, but as men, as fathers, <laughs> you know what I'm getting at here, right? All of a sudden, the first grandson with the couture name. So the son is having the son. The father is becoming the son. And and so that you know, you can now rest easy that 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 bloodline is still going. That's that's amazing. We've only yeah, the, name, co- the name will definitely uh yeah, the, the name will definitely be carried on through Rhett. So uh very excited Three to meet Rhett. I think everybody's excited to meet him. So. Congratulations. Now, we'll fully understand if the yeah. phone rings right now and you got to get out of here. You know, you never can tell <laughs> with three days yeah, to go. Maybe he'll come early. That's amazing. I'm see, I I'm I got a late start in in the whole being a dad. I was 36 when my first child was born. And so my oldest, I have a stepdaughter, she's 16, but my son, he's 10. So 30 10 years ago. I, I'm still thinking I've got at least seven or eight years. I mean, we're talking best case scenario. A good 15, 20 years from now, but you know, worst case in seven or eight years before I become a grandpa. And as you can tell, there's already some gray happening here. We're, we're ready. What about oh, you, you Nick? Hey, you you got hair. <laughs> I don't know what you're complaining about. He's got hair, right? Well, you know what, man, I could stand up Randy and uh, I would trade all this hair to you for your physique. You're talking about your son having a a uh, the freshman thirty. I've got like the dad eighty that I need to get rid of. That's been about ten years in the making. Yeah, hey, I, I keep pushing you, JP. You got to just join the gym with me, dude. I I know. Keep trying. I know. It's not about a gym. You know. It's we've talked about this before. That's a good transition. Um, what yeah, is, jump on a bike you? with me? Uh, jump, yeah, I saw what happened to you when you jumped on a bike last time. You almost couldn't walk for three days. Uh, you know, diet and exercise. You know, so it all starts in the kitchen, and you got to eat good and just you know get that running. What What do you do to stay fit, Randy? As a fit, what is a fit, know, the fit grandpa DVD? I, I want to buy it. I, <laughs> I realized when I was retiring from fighting in 2011 that I couldn't get away with eating almost whatever I wanted. I was training, you know, twice a day, five or six days a week. And um, if, if I continued that behavior after retiring and being as busy as I've been, I would be a, a fat bastard in no time. So I started the intermittent fasting. Okay. <laughs> I started intermittent fasting. It was very simple. I read some, some studies on it. Um, a friend wrote a book on it called the truth about fat.com. Uh, pretty interesting book incorporated all these medical studies, obviously, because obesity is, is a pretty big issue in our country. And, um, the, the intermittent fasting, first of all, I'm a busy guy. 
So I would, a lot of times I'd be two, three in the afternoon and I'm like, man, I'm starving. Realize I hadn't eaten yet that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so basically you pick a six hour window. I'm more of a night person. So from one or two in the afternoon till six or seven at night, sometimes eight, that's my window to eat food, solid food. Now I'll drink water and, and beverages in the other 18 hours that, that I'm not taking in food, but just in eliminating calories in the week, that's a per, pretty remarkable, sizable chunk of calories that you remove. I'm a busy guy anyway, so it's, it's easy. I don't measure. I know what good food is. We know, we all know what bad food is and what good food is. Anything that's processed, anything that's been made to last on the shelves, three, four, five, six months is probably not good for you. Anything that's been fried, right. probably not good for you. Anything that's whole, healthy, not genetically modified is probably good food. And that's the way it was intended to be. So try to eat good food in that six hour window, but I don't eat the rest of the 18 hours. There's a a whole cascade of hormones. Your body metabolizes fat stores to use as energy in that fasting period. And it's, it's really, really pretty good for you. Food is actually oxidizing. It causes aging. Uh, There's a lot of things uh, that, that food, especially bad food, but everything we do is is stressful too. Coffee, alcohol, daily life, work—it's all stressful. Sodas. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't had one of those in twenty-five years. Wow. But, uh, um, you know, if I had a vice, it's probably you know having a glass or two of wine, uh, you know, with dinners. That's not a horrible but, vice uh, to have at all. Yeah, you know. But again, it, the, the intermittent fasting really seemed to fit and work for me. It's a simple thing. The first couple of weeks are tough because we're creatures of habit. We, you know, we go to the bathroom at the same times. We tend to sleep at the same times. We tend to eat around the same times. So your brain's going to start chattering mm-hmm. yep. and telling you you're hungry and you're not hungry. You're not starving. You ate the night before. You're, you're not going to starve. So uh, once you adjust those habits into only eating at those certain times of day, uh, man, you're off and running. And, and it's allowed me, you know, as busy as I've gotten since I retired from fighting, I'm traveling all the time, doing all this sort of stuff. I don't get to the gym like I used to. I don't train five days a week. Um, you know, I packed, I do a lot of body weight exercises in the house or in the hotel room, uh, a lot more than I do going actually in the gym and training. So, uh, this has allowed me to stay lean and, and stay in reasonable shape. Well done. I, uh, I should take that. See, Nick, I saw you do the beard grub. Was that just a, a tick or did you have something? No, no, I've actually, I've actually got some questions this time. All right. I want to intermittent fast. I'm, I'm, I'm going to apply that. <clears throat> I was waiting for you, man. I'm like, okay, he did. He did the cue and he's not talking. Like, All right. oh, come on. <laughs> what about little Nick here? <laughs> um, so when you were fighting and like doing movies, did you get to take the kids with you? Do they, did they get to go see you do this kind of stuff? Yeah, Amy. Amy came down to set when I was doing Cradle to the Grave. That was my very first film. Okay. Um, Ryan hasn't come to a set yet, um, so they they haven't really experienced what that whole process is like and mm-hmm. what that what that is. I thought uh, just a couple of weeks ago, my son uh, Caden was on spring break and he came down for a long weekend, and I thought that uh, I was in the middle of filming a movie. And I was supposed to work some days that weekend. So I was going to take him to set. They ended up pushing my dates till the next week. So he didn't actually get to go. 
it worked out. We still had a blast. Yeah, no, but cool. I thought he would have been intrigued by by the process and being on a set and seeing how yeah, yeah. that movie, all that magic stuff happens. So, mm-hmm. what about like the fights and stuff? Was there your kids were younger when you were fighting? So, did they go with you at all? Or you know, Caden went to one when he was a baby, and, and uh-huh. the noise the noise really bothered him. Yeah, uh, too too intense and too much. It was a really bad idea. Yeah, and so. Uh, my wife, Trish, ended up taking him out into the mezzanine and, and get kind of getting him away from the crowd and all the noise. When he was a tyke, you know, six, seven years old, Matt and Danny and I were all running a sport fight up in Oregon. And so when I would have my visitations, I took him to one or two fights then. And he was a kid. He didn't care. He was coloring the whole time. Right. He literally did not care. Yeah. One iota what was going on. Uh, and then when I was, you know, when he became older, and I was still fighting. He, I don't, he never came to a fight. He watched them on TV, but he would mm-hmm. wait till after the fact. So he knew how things came out. Um, yeah. But uh, okay. Ryan came, Ryan came to some and obviously Ryan fought um, yeah. for a long time. Amy trained in jujitsu and trained in kickboxing, did some judo. She was involved until she was uh, 17 or so in, in the grappling sports and, and mm-hmm. fighting. Um, she, she did a couple of grappling tournaments and she was actually very, very good. Uh, she should have been the fighter, but then at 18, she decided she wanted to go a different direction and, and, uh, never really came back to it. So interesting. What, if it's any of my business and you're willing to share, is she, what path has she gone on? Um, uh, you know, she kind of went on her own way, went on, went on a walkabout, traveled around, lived in a bunch of different places, lived downtown Seattle, uh, you know, when she graduated high school, she's like, dad, I'm not going to college. It's a waste of my time and your money. And I'm like, I'm not sure how you argue with that. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> but you know, she was never asking me for anything. She was very, very independent. Uh, always had jobs, always taking care of herself, paying her own rent, doing her own thing. Very few times did I, did, did I have to get involved? And I was worried about her, but, but she, you know, she never got into trouble. She was, she she did a great job of just kind of finding her own way. And then I, I brought her down here in her twenties um, to start working for me at my, at my corporate office. And she didn't really like Vegas. It wasn't her scene at all. Um, she's a bit of a bohemian. She's got a sleeve of tattoos. She's my two oldest are. It's so crazy to me because they are the two sides of my personality. She's the party animal, kind of a wild child. And my son is the intellectual you know, soft-spoken math guy. Um, Amy was the painter and, and kind of the creative one. I, you know, I, I have both of those sides in my personality and my kid, my kids exhibit two halves of that. It's really kind of weird, but uh, it's they're, they're great kids. to see how your kid, how kids do that though, where you've got yeah. have six kids and they're all yeah, it's been really different. interesting. Yeah. So down here working for me, she started uh, helping at a, at a, uh, a rehab center basically for meth addicts and, and helping run this foundation to help meth addicts get clean and get back on their feet. And in that experience, she found what she wanted to do. She wanted to be in sociology and kind of wanted to help people. She ran a couple adult healthcare places, you know, um, and then she went back to Portland and, and went to college and got her degree in, in um, sociology. And she was working for a long time, uh, helping people, handicapped folks, get their benefits and get their care set up in their homes. Uh, and it, I bet mean, she would call me sometimes coming home from one of those jobs, like, 
oh my gosh, you can't believe what I saw today. It was, it was really tough. And, you know, and, but she, you know, she just, she was a stud. She was doing really, really well. I think she had about 20 people working under her and they were kind of working her to death and they wouldn't really give her any more people or give her a raise. And so about two years ago, she walked away from that job and kind of just went back to bartending. Uh, and then she met the guy that, uh, she had been longtime friends with before they were bartenders together before when she was on her walkabout and, uh, they kind of reconnected, ended up, uh, starting something romantic and now they have a child. So Evie is here, uh, because of that experience. So amazing. Awesome. That is awesome. I, I, I'm shifting gears here. I, <laughs> I like to do this. I, 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 it's no planning, no prerequisite, but you ready for the strangest <laughs> question you're going to have at least all day, Randy? <laughs> sure let's go tell me about the curse of the clown motel oh <laughs> well that's a film i just i just finished um if you it's can interesting there's actually really a clown motel in tonopa nevada yes i literally uh, drove no place stopped in it a week ago so, when we were in town and it's, it, i have never actually been to the clown motel my, my girlfriend mindy has shot another movie there about the clown motel. This one is about the curse of the clown motel. I play in the first act of the movie as a, an old 1870s cavalry captain <laughs> that kind of dupes uh, a small tribe of Indians, his soldiers and himself. They slaughter these Indians to take the land and use it for the railroad. And um, in doing that in killing the, the final elder of the tribe, he curses the ground. <laughs> so then, the, and, and ultimately his spirit comes back and wipes out me and all my men for what we did to his tribe. And again, perpetuates this, this curse that's put on this land. And so now fast forward to the future, they built this motel there and now all this weird, crazy stuff starts happening at the hotel. So that's my part of the curse is I'm, I'm, instrumental in creating a curse by, <laughs> by this Indian elder. It sounds like poltergeist revisited <laughs> in, in, in a crazy yeah. clown way, but that's funny. I was just going through, you know, I was doing your, the, the Randy stalking on uh, IMDB and Wikipedia. Right, so, so and that thing popped movies, up. I got to know, are we going to have an expendables for <laughs> there's a lot of talk. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about that for the last four years, four or five years. Uh, about three years ago, they actually had a script that, that they okay. were going to try and push to be, be the next Expendables 4. And then uh, for some reason, that got pushed to the side. I got contacted a couple months ago um, saying there is a script in development and they're looking to start filming Expendables 4 this fall. Hmm. So hopefully that stays hopefully. true. My kids and, love the movies. I love the movies. So it's like, yeah. yeah. How, I'm, long, I'm a fan. how long can Excited. we all keep doing this, though? I mean, <laughs> not to sound I'm probably insensitive. Probably the wrong guy to ask that question. Come yeah. on, Stallone's not even human, so it's like <laughs> right. I don't know. I'll keep this doing till I'm ninety, you know, or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. So my buddy actually tattoos him. So he was like, he was telling me that yeah, they've been talking about it. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> that'd yeah, be awesome. Yeah. So yeah, he's got uh, kind of two half sleeves on on both of yeah. his shoulders. But I don't think a lot of people see. He keeps them covered most of the time, but uh, mm -hmm. he exposed them a little bit in the Expendables. Man, yeah. Sylvester Stallone, yeah. that's oh, he he is one of my. And here I go talking about another guy during your show, but I uh, as a, <laughs> as a child, my dad 
you know, rest his soul. My dad was a very great father, and I miss him every single day. He took me to see Rocky Three in the theater. So we're talking 1983, 82-ish. Yeah. And, of course, gets his ass kicked by Mr. T and then gets the rematch. Old school theaters, okay? They're not like we're talking today. We're talking tiny seats, and the back of the seats had metal, like metal plating siding on it, that little diamond stuff. And I left that theater with bloody knuckles because I was so excited, punched in the back, and my dad just <laughs> let me do it. And it didn't even bother me. And, you know, that was one of my first and earliest memories in the theater with my father and, of course, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky. Um, from that point forward, I've just been I've been a I've been a big, big, big fan of Sylvester. And I just love that he's still doing what he's doing and so well. And God, I say yeah. even better than then. He's probably in better shape now than he was when he was in 35 years old. I uh, I drank my fair share of raw eggs after uh, Rocky, <laughs> uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I wish I had. <laughs> Did you put on the gray sweats and everything? Yeah, I think we all we all did. You know? <laughs> stairs at one point. I'm like, I'm gonna run up these stairs thousands of times, like an no. idiot. <laughs> did you make it? No, I didn't. I I still it still hurts. Wow. <laughs> How old is uh, today? Is your youngest child, Randy? Just, he just turned eighteen. So he just that's right. He just turned eighteen. You said you mentioned yeah. that earlier. So man, now it's entering in the whole grandpa stage. That yep is. Oh, I, I'm only assuming because neither of us are grandpas yet, and you've got a little bit of experience now with the first that this is considerably better because you can always give them right back when you get exactly. to hang out with them, right? That's what he's what I keep hearing. Ooh, needs to be changed. Here you go. <laughs> I've done my fair share. Here you go. Yeah, you get you get all the fun stuff. You get to go buy all the toys, spoil them, get yeah. them all riled up, and give them back to mom and dad, and. Mom and dad get to go deal with the sleepless nights. And, uh, yeah, get them all hopped up on sugar and send exactly. them back. Yeah, that's a, that's what that's what my in laws do. That we we take the baby over there and he gets all riled up all day with grandpa and comes home and he's just a just a nightmare. It's like, oh, you need to go back to papa. <laughs> Randy, let's talk about the uh, your foundation. I know you've got a very big event coming up in Vegas here in a few weeks. The uh, the Harley ride. Um, is it is it the Natural Couture Foundation? Is that Extreme Couture, Extreme Couture excuse GI, me. GI, GI Foundation, yeah. I started it back in, in 07, 08. Um, you know, in 06, I went to Iraq and spent 12 days on the ground with our troops. Um, it was it was a, a very interesting, a very good trip. Rich Franklin and I went over there. Um, and then the next year in 07, I got to go to Walter Reed and Bethesda, uh, and the Fisher House, a friend of mine, we put on a big barbecue for all the residents at the Fisher House, which is the military's version of the Ronald McDonald House. It right. houses families of wounded veterans who are in the hospital going through their surgeries and get fitted. And, and it was me, Don Fry, and, and uh, Ken Shamrock. We all went out there. We put on this big barbecue. It was a lot of fun. We got to go through the wards and meet a bunch of the families and soldiers fresh off the battlefield going through those surgeries. And uh, heard a bunch of horror stories about the financial woes of their caretakers, their caregivers, you know, which is their mom, their wife, their father, right. losing jobs in their houses, getting their cars impounded, all kinds of stuff. So, uh, you know, there's just too many, the, the, too many falling through the cracks. Um, so I got motivated 
through that experience to file for 501c3 status and start using my gym staff uh, to do some small events and raise some money um, and put them into the hands of a soldier and his family to take some of that financial pressure off of them transition and, and getting back up and running to be back in the civilian world. Um, we've been doing that now. This will be our 13th motorcycle poker run on the 15th of May. We've been doing this for 13 years now. Every year we get to go out, uh, at least traditionally we go out, I go out to the hospital. The staff there helps me identify the folks that are struggling the most financially. And so we'll put a $10,000 check in each family's hand uh, and just take that pressure off of them. That's a pretty good kick in the butt for most people. Um, And and that's what we've been doing for a long time. We've expanded our mission a little bit, wanted to help more people in the communities where we're actually doing these events instead of just going to the hospital. So through our other foundation, uh, Merging Vets and Players, vetsandplayers.org, where we open up our gyms and allow any vet or retired player athlete to come train and then give them also a place not only to train because almost to a man, they say, oh, you should have seen me when I was in uniform. Didn't matter what that uniform was, whether it was a military uniform or or a uniform walking on a football field or something, they were in the peak shape. And and now – like most of us that let themselves go and, and they don't feel so great about themselves. And, and that many of them lack a, a new purpose, a new thing to challenge them and, and, and keep them going. So bring them all together, allow them to talk about their woes, give them a place where they can be vulnerable. They can share or show those weaknesses. There's no stigma attached and it's a safe place because we all speak the same language. We're all going through the same stuff has been amazingly powerful and then getting them back. Most of those ball players missed their locker room. Most of those soldiers missed that platoon, missed their squad, those guys that they literally had life and death experiences with. And so giving them that new team, giving them those guys, again, that speak that same language, struggle with the same things, help them find their way through those those pitfalls, stay out of some of those rabbit holes, dealing with PTSD and some of the other stuff. And then linking arms with some of these other foundations that actually provide mental health services, rehab services all kinds of get them jobs, all kinds of stuff like that. It's been amazingly powerful. And that has allowed us to take some of the extreme couture GI foundation money and give that to some of these guys in these communities that we're actually doing these events at and help take some of their financial pressure off as they're again, struggling with that transition. Man, if more people in this country were like you, I think we'd have a much better country living in today. Well, I think, you know, we have 55,000 veterans living on the street homeless. And to my mind, that's just, that's absurd. That's ridiculous. And you throw on top of that, the 22 that we lose to PTSD and suicide every single day. It's just a ridiculous situation. And I Mm -hmm. think that we have to do a much better job of taking care of our own folks, our own people that stood up for this country and took that oath. Right. Um, That's just, that's my opinion. And well... In this case, I would have to agree that your opinion is 100% correct. And anybody who says otherwise, you're wrong. I'm sorry. Period. Are we getting a tour of the house, Randy? What's going on? You're standing up, stretching I'm out. Moving, I'm moving to a little more light. It's, it's starting to get dark. <laughs> ah, here, so. all right. Well, you know, dude, you're doing you're doing great things. So over the I, kitchen I, table with a little more light. Again, uh, you're doing great things, and I it's there's a there's an applause for you right there. I don't know if that's coming through on your end, but that's for Randy. You can look up schedule for 
Extreme Couture GI Foundation at xcgif.org. That'll have the schedule of any of our events. We've got the ride coming up here in Vegas. We've got another ride scheduled right now in Quad Cities, uh, Illinois, Iowa, in that region uh, in August. There'll be a country concert and a motorcycle poker run down there. This will be the third year we've done that there with one of my buddies, Bam Pastelnik, who's, who's spearheading that. And uh, so we have Patrick Crosby up in the Pacific Northwest. He's been putting on events for us and raising money and doing stuff for us up there as well. Um, and then the vetsandplayers.org is MVP, Merging Vets Players. That was founded by Jay Glazier and Nate Boyer. Right. I run the Vegas chapter, uh, the Nevada. The, the second chapter we ever opened was at my gym here in Nevada. Uh, in Las Vegas. So now we're in six countries, uh, six countries, six cities across the country. Uh, we just opened in Seattle. We're getting ready to open in Dallas very soon. I'm pushing pretty hard to get open in Oklahoma City. I'm hoping we can get that online and just get more outlets for these guys that have been either soldiers or professional athletes, a place to train and share and get connected to their, to their brothers and sisters. So been amazing. All right. That's awesome. I'm going to do something that is a first in the history of DadCast podcast, and it's happening in real time as we are doing this episode. So Nick, that guy right over there, he just sent me a text, and I couldn't agree more. So we are making the awesome. announcement today as a uh, we're an LLC as well, DadCast LLC. Well, we have to choose a nonprofit to donate some money to when things get rocking and rolling here. And uh, if you can see it right there, Nick Martin just said, let's make his nonprofit the one we donate to. And I couldn't agree more. So there you go. We're, oh. we're going to do our part on DadCast to uh, help out you and we'll obviously our, our veterans <laughs> and all that as well. Yeah. Man, I really appreciate that. Thank you guys. That's awesome. That is awesome. I got the heebie-jeebies now, man. Nick, you did it to me again. <laughs> you just made my... Hey, made- that's nice. No, this is, you know, thinking, you know, my kid's in the army. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a good give back to, you know, knows what might happen to him. Who knows how crazy the world's going to get and what he might get himself into with this journey he's on. So, well, just, you know, knowing that there's people out there that care and, and do stuff is awesome. So, yeah, but we got to be careful. We're going to get really weepy here. We start talking about <laughs> our veterans and our kids. Oh, yeah. no, right. I've got a in Arizona, that is a big Harley guy. And uh, I was just going to ask you, do you guys do anything in Arizona with the Harley ride? We, we haven't done anything in Arizona yet. I, you know, okay. I, I'm, I'm uh, new to Arizona. We just picked up a ranch in, just outside of Flagstaff this, this July. Okay. Um, so we're spending some time in Arizona. And, and uh, my girlfriend is, is uh, into politics. She, she ran for Congress here in the District 3 in the, in, in the, in the last election. Uh, so, and she's been doing a lot of public speaking and political stuff. And, and she's connected with some people that are doing some things in Arizona as well. So uh, cool. that there's possible, uh, some potential for some okay. events in, in Arizona. Yeah. Well, sure. yeah, if you do something, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. He's an army veteran. Um, I think he served like 15 years and uh, he works for uh city of Nevada or not city of Nevada, city of Arizona. Now somewhere, whatever city he's in, he does the oh, okay. stuff. So. But he's a big Harley guy. He worked for the Harley dealership over there for a while and found he loved working for Parks and Rec instead and 
making a difference. So yeah, very cool. Yeah. We were supposed to do a ride last summer in, in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Be the first ride we've ever done in Nashville. A uh, former Marine, Chris Turner, who's also an up and coming country star, yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was organizing organizing a ride there for us, and and the the pandemic kind of shut us down. So yeah. we're hoping this summer we'll get we'll get the uh, the ride back up in the Nashville area, which will be a lot of fun. Definitely. And Chris is a great guy. Chris is actually going to come play for us at the ride down in, in Quad Cities. He's going to be the country act, I think, that comes in place for us down there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, very cool. Amazing. I, I'm i going to tune in. And speaking of tuning in, uh, I, I have to drop this seed on every single episode we do. Um, it's more of a – it puts you on the spot, Randy, but I think you're going to like it. So <laughs> – we are inviting every single guest that we have had on over the past month or two, and it's going to happen soon. We're talking, and I know you're a super busy guy, but we're going to invite back for a, <laughs> It's a Father's Day episode, which will take literally 20 to 30 minutes tops uh, in the first week of June, maybe second week of June sometime, and we're going to have about... 27 of these little squares on the screen of all you guys who've been on the show um father's day special just wishing each other a happy father's day and everyone out there a happy father's day and i think it'll be a lot of fun it'll be interesting to see all these different celebrity dads whether you're an athlete a movie star a musician all come together on one screen for a quick little Father's Day shout out. I'm inviting you to see if that would be something you'd be interested in. And obviously with time constraints and getting everyone's schedules together, we might have to do this at like two o'clock in the morning one day, but uh, is that <laughs> something, that's something you'd be interested in? Yeah. Keep me in the loop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And how can you say no anyway, when you're on the spot like that? I get it. That's why I ask. It's <laughs> <laughs> Nick, it's starting to, it's starting to pan out, man. This is, that's going to be a real fun episode. Yeah, you know, by yeah, that be awesome. by that time, uh, I think we're we've got we're getting for it was a Forrest Forrest Griffin. He's uh, hopefully yeah, coming on. Forrest Uriah coming on. Baker. Uriah, we've got you. We got you know you know Brian Lindsay, of course. He's going to be joining on that episode. Uh, Jordan Farmer. Awesome. So that all that'll be fun to get all you guys together, and I can just sit back and and watch the magic happen. <laughs> all right, so we're we're getting we still got about ten minutes, give or take. We man, we've we've covered it all. We've covered your foundation. We've covered your kids. You're gonna be a grandpa. We've talked a little yeah. bit about movies, which I was doing my best to steer away from, but I I can't help it, man. I I have to ask you, you what's the favorite film you have done? And then there'll be a follow up question. Man, uh, I think obviously Expendables was a pretty special property especially that first one yeah uh getting you know getting a chance to sit down and talk to sly about that character and you know he's originally um had me come in to talk about hail caesar and it was originally written for wesley snipes he was going to adapt it and make it a little more uh suitable for me um he ended up getting terry cruz and and terry was amazing yeah uh, in that that was very, you know, brought all his humor and, and the gregarious personality that he has to that role. I'm, I'm, and after sitting down and talking to me about that role and our conversation, Sly went back and rewrote Toll Road into the movie and all the things that we discussed in the, in our meeting came out with, you know, talking about my ear and all that stuff in the movie. So I was more than honored and, and honestly flattered that, that he didn't just say, ah, well, we got this guy and, and he, you know, 
and, and kind of blow me off. He, he kept me in there. He's, he's a huge fight fan, boxing especially, but MMA as well. And so I just felt honored to be involved with that whole group of guys, uh, learn from them, see how they, you know, their approach to this profession. And uh, I mean, there's not a better group of guys to be around. And it was a huge learning experience. And my first time being involved in, a, you know, a number one movie uh, that summer. So pretty cool. Yeah, that was, that was that is awesome. It's a great flick. Now, well, I, I've got a question on the Expendables real quick, JP, on the Expendables line. Is the the Bruce Willis beef, is that, is that real or can you talk about it? Or <laughs> I mean, I, I'm obviously not on the ground floor of that whole thing. My understanding is um, he had, you know, they asked him to be in, in three. Mm-hmm. He was in one and two. Yeah, yeah. They asked him to be in three and they wanted to kind of give him a bigger role. He was just coming off of Reds. And they were talking about Reds 2. And he asked for an exorbitant amount of money to, to be involved in the film. And so Sly was, I think, a little offended. At least that's what my understanding. Yeah. And uh, so he wrote it, rewrote it. That's what brought Harrison Ford into the third movie. That was they awesome. had that, that little set of dialogue about, you know, about Bruce's character yeah. going to the Arctic <laughs> or something. I don't remember what they said, but... Uh, that's what, how all that kind of came about. But that's not the first time that's happened. I mean, Mickey Rourke was supposed to be in the second film, and he was just coming off of Iron Man. Yep. And again, he he did the same thing. He asked for an exorbitant amount of money to be involved in the film, and Sly said, "Ah, I'll rewrite it." And he just rewrote it and brought Liam Hemsworth in to play our sniper in 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 that movie instead mm-hmm. of Mickey. So, you know, uh, I, I I can't you know. I have no perspective on that. Honestly, <laughs> everybody's got to do what they think is best for their career. Honestly. Yeah. I really have. I don't know if it was me. I'm like, there's so yeah. many legends. I'd be like, screw the money. Like this is just an experience in its own, just to be with all these guys and everything yeah. they've done. So yeah, you know, it was a great. It's a great group of guys to, to hang out with, to be on set with. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of fun. I felt like I was back on my old high school football team. We're in That's the locker awesome. room and suited up, getting ready to go out and play, you know? <laughs> I mean, we're telling jokes and just having a blast. It was, it was a great group of guys. I so now my new goal is we've got to get all the expendables on an episode and, and just do an expendable <laughs> episode. <laughs> wow. See, Nick, there he goes with his big aspirations. That's what we call him. The tenacious one. And I'm in for it, man. I'm in for you. You can arrange that, Nick. I will give you the brand new car that I just got that I cannot speak of on the air yet. All right. Deal. All right, Randy. Deal. When we're when we're done, we'll get, we got a lot of talking. About. <laughs> I want his brand new car. <laughs> I've got a question, and I may catch some flack on this for the rest of my life, but I don't care. I think Randy Couture would beat up Chuck Norris, and they were <laughs> a star together. Now, do you think that's you two getting a fight right now? Who wins that fight? Oh man! Come I- on, it's got to be you. You can never go against Chuck Norris. You can't do that. <laughs> that's what I mean, I, that, that, that's, that's just downright un-American. Oh, oh, ah, oh. <laughs> Randy Couture just called me un-American, Nick. I, oh. I, I have to agree with him. Like, no, I'm saying I would be un-American. Oh, right, right. I know. But can you imagine the pay-per-view dollars that would bring in? <laughs> He's a great guy. Amazing man. Obviously, we're excited to have him in Expendables 2. Um, I, I had met him and been around him a couple of times because obviously he's a, he's a lifelong martial artist and 
uh, actually rented a movie theater up in Santa Clarita to watch The Passion of the Christ. And I got an invitation to go sit with him and watch that film in the movie theater that he had rented out. So pretty, pretty cool moment. Obviously he's a, he's a, a very strong Christian has very strong beliefs in faith and, and, uh, is not shy about that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my, my, my six, seven degrees of Kevin Bacon moment is actually, uh, so Chip Wright, he's a karate instructor here in Medford. He is Chuck's stunt double, uh, for Texas Walker Ranger. And I can't oh. tell you how many times, um, I took a picture cause my son, uh, you know, was in karate with him and took a picture every time he leveled up a belt. And every time I posted that on social media, everyone calls, Oh my gosh, he looks, he's with Chuck Norris. It's like, no, that's his, that's chip, right. But they look so much alike. It's ridiculous. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Okay. All right. I take it back. No one's fighting <laughs> each other at all. It's not going to happen. I'm sorry I asked, but that's going to make for a great little clip. I, you know what I'm saying, Nick? Yeah. yeah. So what's what's next? (laughs) (laughs) That's clickbait if there ever was one. What's next Uh, in the journey of fatherhood, aside from being a grandpa in, oh, gosh, three days or less now. It might be four or five yeah. or six, though. You know how this works out sometimes. Uh, what's next in uh, your journey in fatherhood, Randy? Or is it just more the same? Well, obviously, uh, this seeing Caden off, uh, seeing he's, he's getting ready to graduate here pretty quick and, and then make his way to Corvallis and, and start school at, at Oregon State next fall. So going to get a few things situated for him and, and, and make sure he's squared away and ready to go there. Um that's probably the, the only, aside from being the granddad, getting meat rent here pretty quick, that, that's probably the other folly duty that's that's coming up uh, in this next six months. That's, oh man, I, I honestly can't wait to be a grandpa. The idea of it, I mean, I can wait. Don't get me wrong, but just that whole progression. <laughs> that, yeah. that whole progression. What you wish for. Yeah, I know, the 16-year-old. We're knocking on that wood. But just that that journey of in that path, I just I I really feel that I'm going to be a really great granddad, and I I, I look forward to that. Like you said, hand it right back. You know, all right, kid, you go change the diapers. Yeah. You know, I'll I'll feed him up and, and drum set. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that. Amazing stuff, Nick. Come on, man, give me something, baby. I do actually. I got something. So actually, are you going to be? Are you bringing your son up here to? take him to when he goes to college? Uh, hoping that I'm able to make it up for his graduation. There, okay. you know, obviously limited, limited tickets and limited yeah. attendance because of the COVID restrictions. But uh, so I'm hoping I, I've got uh, the PFL is right. We just started the PFL season mm-hmm. and I'm commentating for them. The the next part of our, our regular season while well, we have a fight next Thursday and then the second half of the regular season starts in June, which is around the same time as he's going to be doing his commencement walk. Um, So I'm hoping that I don't miss that. I want to make it up to Oregon for that. Yeah. Um, Well, if you are up here, you have like a day, you can make it to Medford, which is only two and a half hours away. He doesn't need a whole whole day, two hours. I've been been to Medford a few times. I coached. love to have you for like a part two. It coach the, the Gutsy Boy. Yeah. 
I coach the Gutches boys that are Bedford okay. boys. Yeah. Les and Jason Gutches. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I bet a nice area. I like yeah. it down there. I, I moved from LA to this area in Oregon and gosh, my very early thirties. And well, <laughs> anyone who's been to LA knows this is way better. In my opinion, it's, it's slower, <laughs> it's slower, it's prettier. You can breathe better. Honestly, there's more to do when it comes to outdoors stuff. You know, you want to go skiing, uh, hiking, snowboarding, fishing, hiking. You could do it all on the same day. You want to go surfing, head over to the beach, all done in the same day. It's a beautiful thing about yeah. Oregon. And probably the best thing, no traffic to speak of. Ugh. <laughs> and here I am wanting to move down to Vegas. <laughs> well, you know, there's some bonuses. Huh? There's some bonuses for that. What what you're talking about the PFL before we run too much out of time here, Randy, before we went on the air, we were oh, my son come here, boy. For you gotta meet my son, Randy. So this is Sawyer. Hello. Sawyer, how are you doing, buddy? Good. Good, man. He, nice to meet you. He asked me earlier when I was talking about you, um, if what did you say? Could I beat him up? And I says, no, I, I could not. And he was asking me if, if Randy was going to choke slam me because no, no. he, fe- oh, cause he felt, I, I think, I think he thought that you were like a wrestler, wrestler, a professional wrestler. And oh. I says, no son, he's, he's what they call Greco Roman real. That's real wrestling where they, they tie you up into a pretzel kid and you tap out or you lose your consciousness. But anyway, that's Randy. He's an awesome guy. And uh, there you go. You got to you got to meet Randy Couture. Hi. Hi. <laughs> but there he goes. Uh, so let's talk about the PFL real quick before we um, we actually started the podcast. Or you uh, you had a lot to say that was real important. The stuff coming up um, in regards to that. Yeah, this is our third season with the Professional Fighters League. Um, it's it's. Uh, they've taken MMA and they put it in a true sports format. Like every other sport we're used to, there's a regular season. There's this season, there's 10 fighters in, in six weight classes. They'll fight each fighter will fight twice in the regular season, depending on how they finish those fights. You get a criteria point, uh, you know, for, for finishing the fights early knockout or, or submission, uh, the top four guys with the most criteria points at the end of the regular season are going to go to the playoffs They'll fight. The winners of that fight will be in the championship fight. And they're basically a new champion every single season. Um, and they're giving away a million dollar check to each athlete that wins that. Plus they're paying them throughout the season, through the regular season and everything else, like any other pro ball player would, would, would get. So um it's a meritocracy. You want to talk smack, talk smack, but it's not going to get you anywhere. Right. You still got to walk up in that cage and score those points to get a shot at the title and the, and the bigger money. So um, I like it. I think it's really cool. Um, you know, it, it, this is our third season. Now we took 2020 off because we didn't want to jeopardize that format. We spent so much time building, uh, trying to do it halfway with all the pandemic COVID stuff. So uh, we took 2020 off. And now we just started two weeks ago. We had our first show for the regular season. We're on ESPN Plus and ESPN Two. Uh, this next week, we're actually moving to ESPN, the big channel. So uh, we're very excited. Obviously, the ratings must be doing pretty well, or uh, 
<laughs> I'm going to turn some lights on. It's getting darker and darker in here. Uh, the ratings must be doing pretty well in the first two shows. So they've moved us to ESPN this next week on Thursday. So well, very excited about that. That's awesome, man. Congratulations yeah. on that. Nick, you look like yeah, you're about to have cool. something. No, oh, I got it. I got All it. right. Excellent, man. <laughs> well, Randy, man, we are pretty much out of time for this episode. Uh, I want to thank you so very, very much for taking the time out of your obviously incredibly busy schedule to chat with a couple old dads from Oregon, man, here on DadCast. It's truly been a highlight for me and I'm very yeah, thankful, man. man. Thank you so much. And of course, for everything you do for our veterans and, you know, the sport and everything, you are, you're a great man, man. We appreciate it. And I look forward to uh, actually meeting you in person when we come down to Vegas here in uh, a few weeks, if you're there or well, sometime in the very near future. Right, Nick? Yes. Well, thank you. And I appreciate you guys having me on. It's tough to turn down a theme like, like a dad cast. I mean, it's you know, I put them through a couple of divorces. They spent a lot of time in gymnasiums on this journey in athletics that I've been on. And I, you know, I, I think ultimately it was them that, that was the motivation and impetus to do all this stuff. So um happy to uh, be on a podcast dedicated to our children. Pretty cool. And we thank you, man. That's, that's what <laughs> yeah. we're hoping for. It's kind of why this has really struck a chord with many, many people out there, especially obviously dads. Uh, they're they're knocking at the door. They want to be on this podcast. To, and like, like you said in your promotional teaser for us, you know, everyone's always talking about the championships and the movies, and no one rarely deep dives into your family and your kids. And that's what, at least for me, and what I like to think anyone else out there who's a dad is the most important thing out there, and that is being a dad and their kids. That's what motivates me. And here's to 2045, the next UFC heavyweight champion, Rhett. <laughs> congratulations on that um that is pretty much it man thank you randy uh nick unless you got anything i'm gonna call this thing oh no, man thank you yeah Appreciate All right. it, guys you got it man randy couture he is an army sergeant he's a ufc champion movie star most importantly a dad thank you for being on Dadcast. we will see all of you next week thanks man peace out